Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the nine types of deals that you can package in your deal packaging business. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start with the lowest value types of deal and we're going to work up to the big money in the categories near the end. So right at the beginning, number one, we're going to talk about unqualified leads. Now I need to make this very clear. These are leads and not deals. These are leads. They are a response to your marketing. So maybe you've got a website up and running. Maybe you've had an inquiry come in from a third party to your website. They might have a house that they want to sell. But all you've got is an email address and a phone number. That's all you have. You have no contact yet with any prospective vendor who wants to sell their house. So the question is, is there a market just for these unqualified leads? Well, there is. There are people out there on the property forums who will buy unqualified leads and they will qualify them themselves and try and push through to create a deal. So the way you can sell them is you can advertise them on the property groups, on the property forums. You can build your niche as somebody who just collects leads but you have to sell them in bulk because most of the leads will not become deals. And you need to make that clear when you uh, advertise what you're selling. They're just leads and unqualified leads. Nobody has spoken to the vendor. And you can put a bundle of them together, uh, maybe charge five to 15 pounds per lead. You know, if you put 20, 30, 40 of them together. It's for a useful additional cash flow for your deal packaging business. People will buy those leads and qualify them themselves. Number two in our nine-step process for finding leads is qualified leads. So this is a step further on. You've actually done a bit more work than you did for the unqualified leads. You have actually spoken to the prospective vendor. You've made contact, but then they go missing. Then you can't contact them. You might have phoned them two or three times and they're not responding. You can sell qualified leads. These are qualified leads out there on the property forums to people who actually specialize in buying qualified leads. Sell them in smaller quantities. They don't have to be big quantities because they're more qualified. And again, you can get five to 15 pounds per lead. So you've got unqualified leads, number one, qualified leads, number two. Let's move on to number three. This is where the money ramps up and it gets a bit more interesting. So number three is finder's fee. And this is an area that I focus on in my deal packaging business because you get a much better return for the effort that you make. So with a finder's fee, you've responded maybe to an unqualified lead, you've qualified the lead, you've retained it yourself, and now the vendor hasn't gone missing. 
Now the vendor is taking your phone calls and you actually go and see the house. Should you actually go and see the house? Absolutely you should. Now there are sources out there in the property world who say you shouldn't go and see the house, you should do it all on the phone. Uh, that if you go and see the house, you are limiting yourself in terms of geography and time, and you can only do so many deals. But the thing is, you cannot conclude a finder's fee deal if you haven't gone to see the house. And you need to have a walk around and find out exactly what the condition of that house is. Now, you can do it remotely. You don't need to do it personally yourself. Again, I work with a young man called Jamie York, who has a very big deal packaging business. And he has a national model for sourcing deals. So it's not realistic for him to be able to nationally go and see every single house. But what he has got in place is a system now where he gets a photographic inventory of every single house that he markets. So somebody has gone to see that house and he has a national network of friends in the industry who will go and do his viewings for him. So finders fees is one of my favorite sweet spots where I can earn a decent fee for the minimum amount of work. So let me explain. I was recently in uh, one of my favorite estate agent offices and they said to me, David, would you like to go and have a look at this? It's just fallen through for the second time. Now, when I hear something's fallen through for the second time, that always gets my attention. So absolutely, I wanted to go and look at this house. And when I went to the house and I met Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, I understood exactly what the situation was. And um, here's the thing you need to remember, and it's very, very important, that deal packaging, finding deals is not really about property. It's always about the people who own the property and their circumstances and whether you can help them. So in the same way, when we spoke in the last episode about working with investors and easing their pain, when you're finding property, it's about working with the vendors and easing their pain. And this situation was very clear cut to me. So this house was immaculate. It really was. It was a young couple had been living in the house for 10 years. Uh, it was absolutely immaculate. Everything was new. There was a brand new shower room. Hadn't been in more than a year. It was absolutely immaculate. But the young couple were trying to move because about six months earlier, uh, Mrs. Vendor had discovered that, that she'd fallen pregnant, which was wonderful. But they didn't want to have the baby in the, in the old house. They wanted to move to a bigger house. And they'd put a reservation fee down on a new build executive home on the outskirts of town. Uh, but what had happened in the interim was that the sale had fallen fallen through twice. They'd had two people who wanted to buy the house, but they were both first-time buyers and were not able to secure the finance. They weren't able to get the mortgages as first-time buyers to buy the property. There was nothing wrong with the property. The issue was with the first-time buyers. So now we're six months later, and instead of being slightly pregnant, Mrs. Vendor was extremely pregnant. She was anxious. She was concerned. She was worried they weren't going to be able to sell their house, which meant that they would lose the reservation fee 
they put down on the new house and she wanted to move. And could I help? And I phoned one of my investors, cash investor, and it was agreed on the phone. So the value of the house all day long, uh, hand on heart, was around £65,000. We secured the sale to the investor at £54,000. Uh, it's uh, only now being remortgaged. It was a cash purchase and the investor is remortgaging now and the way it's unfolding it looks like the investor is going to pull all of her money out and my fee for that finder's fee was 2995 plus VAT so it was three grand for spending an afternoon basically uh, talking to prospective vendors and ringing my investor but I know what you're thinking you're thinking David that poor young couple they had a 65 grand house and you sold it for 54,000 pounds. They've dropped 11 grand. How do you sleep at night? Well, here it is. After it was all over, I got an email from the young couple saying, thank you, David. Thank you for what you've done. We really appreciate your help because without your help, we wouldn't have been able to move. We wouldn't have had the baby in the new house. We would have lost the new house. We'd have been stuck in the old house. Uh, and you allowed us to move on and get on with our lives. And we really, really appreciate it. So this is a fantastic way to do business. When you get emails like that, it, it sort of warms the soul. So you're healing people's pain. You're helping them with their problems. And you're moving everybody forward. So it's a win-win-win all the way round. Fantastic way to do business. So that is finder's fee. Number four is pre-packaged deal. So pre-packaged deal means that not only do you find the house, but you need some sort of access to your power team in order to fulfill the project. So let me explain. You recall in the last example, the house was immaculate, the young couple lived in a house which was immaculate. Well, this next example, the house was not immaculate. So I went to see another one of my estate agent friends and they said, David, this has just fallen through for the second time. Do you think you can help? Bit of a pattern building here. So I said, well, yes, we'll go and have a look. Absolutely. So I went along and saw the house and this one was not immaculate, but it was a bit sad because this had been a family home for over 50 years. But everybody had grown up and gone. And uh, Mrs. Vendor had passed away two or three years earlier, and Mr. Vendor was left in the home on his own. And um, to be honest, what should we say? Should we say, Mr. Vendor, lovely man, but in his top 10 values, maybe housekeeping wasn't near the top. Right, so it was a little bit crumpled. It was an old person's house. I don't know how many of you out there have viewed an old person's house, you know, but they they can sometimes be a bit brown. In fact, they can sometimes be a bit brown and smelly. And um, he took me for a tour around the house. And uh, it was a very nice old boy, but the house was a bit worn, a bit brown and a bit smelly. And he made me a cup of tea and the cup of tea, it was a bit brown and smelly. And he had a little dog. It was a lovely little dog. But the little dog, it was brown and smelly. It was. It was. 
So I said to him, Mr. Vendor, how can I help you? So here was the thing. The house had fallen through twice and wasn't mortgageable because they had a slight structural issue. And what happened was the very front leaf on the very front wall was just moving away slowly, gracefully, nothing urgent, from the rest of the house. Now, that is the sort of thing mortgage companies don't like, but we were able to help him. So, hand on heart values in that road, £95,000 all day long. It's a very strong, family-based, working people area. A lot of three-bed terrace properties in that road. And uh, 95 grand was the value of a house in good lettable condition, but this, of course, was not in good lettable condition. So I said, OK, Mr. Vendor, how can I help you? What do you need? He said, David, I need £50,000. I know where I'm going to go. I know exactly what I want to do. I need £50,000. And I had a guy in here like you last week, and I told him I needed £50,000. And he offered me forty-eight, And I threw him out. Well, I'm slow, but I'm not that slow. So I said, okay, Mr. Vendor, here's the thing. I'm not going to offer you 50 grand either. I'm going to offer you 51 and a half because we want you to get your move. We want you to go where you want to go. And then there's a little bit extra. You can spend on yourself. You can do what you want. Maybe you want to go on holiday. Maybe you want to upgrade the car. Maybe you could have the dog valeted. Whatever it is that you want to do. Do we have a deal? We shook hands. And the deal was done. So I rang one of my cash investors. She bought the house uh, and she wanted to do a flip. She just had it in her head that she'd do a flip, but she needed us to help with the flip. So she tied in our um, contractors, our power team, uh, and we got on with putting the house into good order. With regard to the structural issue, uh, the way we resolved that was we took down the outer leaf of that front wall. Uh, and rebuilt it all under the supervision of a structural engineer who signed off the work because we didn't want any issues about mortgageability going forward. That cost about £1,500. I know, it's not a lot of money. That's Manchester money. But that £1,500 of work probably put £15,000 back on the value of the house. We then cosmetically brought it up to a really nice standard and um, as the flooring went down, I made a mistake. Don't make this mistake. This is the mistake I made. I invited the investor to come and see the house. Because remember, this was a flip. We were going to sp split the profit 50-50. And she came and saw it, and it looked so nice that she said to me, David, I'd like to keep this. And I said, that's fine. You know, not thinking for a minute about what would happen to my half of the prospective profit from the flip. But she said, don't worry for a minute about your half of the prospective profit from the flip, I'll pay you a fee equivalent to what your profit would have been. So we got a fee of £10,000, a pre-packaged deal fee of ten grand, because we'd sourced the property and we'd used our power team to bring the property up to the required standard. So moving on to number five, rent to rent and lease option. And I know there's two categories there. But one kind of grows from the other. So let me talk you through this. 
There are people out there on the property forums who will buy rent-to-rent deals. So in other words, you find an unhappy, miserable, beaten-down landlord, maybe an accidental landlord who doesn't want to be a landlord anymore. Maybe they've had a bad time with tenants. Maybe their property doesn't rent quickly enough now because cosmetically it needs a bit of an upgrade, uh, a bit of a facelift. So rent-to-rent deals are very sellable in the community. We've tested it, we've tried it, we've actually sold some. People will buy rent-to-rents. And rent-to-rent for single lets, rent-to-rent multi-lets, absolutely sound, positive cash flow strategies uh, that you can sell as a deal packager. And then maybe you want to go one step beyond that. So if you've got a rent-to-rent and you would like to keep the house, then all you need to add is an option to buy. So you rent to rent from your tired landlord with an option to buy, but not the obligation. You have the choice to buy, but not the obligation. And that becomes a lease option. That's all it is. A lease option, for those of you who are not aware, is just a rent to rent with an option to buy, but not the obligation. So we run these together in our business. Now, I'll be completely transparent with you. It is not a strategy that I feature very heavily in my business. But Jamie York, the young man that I work with uh, very closely in my deal packaging business, he sells a lot of lease option deals. There are people out there who will definitely buy lease option deals because the substance of the lease option gives you cash flow now. You've got a profit in your rent. uh, And then it gives you the option to buy the house later on so that you can build your legacy. So you get two bites of the cherry. If you're not ready to buy now, that's cool. Get a profit from that rent every month. And what is really smart is that if you can earn 500 to 1,000 pound a month, depending on how you use the rent to rent, so maybe you'll pay 500 pound a month to the tired landlord, and then you might multi-let the house and produce £1,500 a month as a multi-let. You do that quite properly and quite legally in the right circumstances. So that net £1,000 a month, after 20 months, you've got a 20 grand deposit there. You can use the rent-to-rent income from that house as a deposit to buy the landlord's house. How cool is that? So you've not got any of your money in the deal at all, or at all times only have the option and not the obligation. So if you change your mind during the 20 months and you want to buy something else, buy something else. But it's a great cash flowing strategy that allows you to purchase property for your own legacy as you go forward. That's rent to rent and lease options. Leads us on to number six, flips. Flips are great. I really enjoy doing flips. So flips are buying a property, adding value, selling it on into the market at a higher level because you've added value. Uh, And that works really, really well. So it's buy, refurbish and sell. But the strategy I like to apply to flips 
is buy, don't refurbish, sell. Because there's less work involved. And I like working as little as possible to earn profits from my property business. Let me explain. I went into one of my favourite estate agents in Manchester. And they said to me, David, would you like to have a look at this? It's just fallen through for the second time. What do you think I said? Absolutely, I said. Let's go and have a look. So I went to see this particular house. It was a semi-detached house in a close of 26 semi-detached houses. Uh, very nice close. But this house was the worst property in terms of condition in the close. And again, it was an old person's house. And um, the situation, again, was quite sad and quite urgent because it had been mum's house and mum had fallen ill uh, and mum had had to go into a nursing home. And the family was supporting mum, uh, but the family were having to pay £800 a week net from tax paid income to pay the nursing home fees. They had to sell the house. The reason they couldn't sell the house was quite apparent when you went into the house, because the house was full of cracks. There were cracks everywhere. When I got up into the front bedroom, into the bay, the cracks were so large, I could get my fingertips into the wall. I didn't tell Mrs S about this one. We had a good look round and we thought we knew why there were cracks all over the house. For instance, we thought some years ago there were two reception rooms downstairs, they'd been knocked into one and insufficient support had been put in place. And also the windows had been replaced. So originally they were big timber frame windows, the original specification. And although those big bits of wood, they weren't technically structural, they were kind of supporting the bay at the front. They were doing some work in supporting bits of the house. And in the 1970s, for those of you who can remember, before UPVC windows, um, it was quite cool to take out the big wooden frame windows and replace them with groovy, slim little bits of aluminium. Aluminium framed windows. Some of you will remember that. So these were dark brown aluminium frames from the 70s, together with the lack of support where the two reception rooms had been knocked through. And 40 years later, there was a bit of rock and roll going on in the house. And the house was full of cracks. So we thought this could be repaired. We had a structural engineer's report carried out on the property. Now, the value of the houses in the close, hand on heart, plenty of evidence, sold evidence, 101 to 105. By the time I was introduced to the house, uh, they wanted £60,000 for a cash purchase and they needed it urgently. Uh, the bottom line is, after sharing the structural engineer's report, with the estate agent, with the other side, with the other side solicitor, and everyone that was involved, we secured the house for forty-six two fifty. Why two hundred and fifty? Well, because I'd started my education at this point, and I'd been taught by Mark Homer never make a round number offer. So I'd taken forty-six grand and added two hundred and fifty pound on. So it wasn't a round number offer. Now, I've got much more sophisticated on this by now. If I was doing it today, it wouldn't be 250. It might be 271 pounds and 24p. In fact, the estate agents now wait for me 
to know what figure I'm going to come out with today. Strange figure to buy the house. And my solicitor always says to me, really, David, are we go have, we have I got to put all these numbers into the contract? Yes, you do, because that's what I agreed. So we bought it for 46250 Three weeks later, we sold it in an auction at £70,000. Didn't touch the house, didn't empty the house, didn't go to the house after we bought it. Net-net, uh, after all costs, we made very nearly 20 grand in 20 days, flipping the house straight into an auction. So flips are very, very powerful. Uh, you can earn big lumps of money for doing a tiny, tiny amount of work. And I absolutely recommend you to go out and start sourcing them today. Which brings us to number seven. And number seven is assisted sales. So just to explain what assisted sales are. We talked about flips. And flips are buying, adding value and selling for a profit. Assisted sales basically are what if you don't buy, add value and flip for a profit. How can you do that? Well, you have to use an assisted sale contract. But there are many, many properties out there that people cannot sell because there's nothing structurally wrong with them, but they are cosmetically very dated, very run down. And the vendors have not got enough money to bring them up to standard. And they might have been on the market for 12, 18 months now. So what we do is we do a deal with the vendor. The vendor owns the house. We put a an assisted sale contract in place. And it's very important that you have the right legal framework for this to protect your situation. But we can talk about that later and I can show you how to do that. We then spend about seven to ten thousand pounds on the house. So, Mr. or Mrs. Vendor, you're asking 85 grand for it. We will guarantee you your 85,000 uh, pounds. But we want to do something clever with the house. So long as you get your 85 grand, are you happy? They say yes. We spend seven to 10 grand on the house, having not paid yet, but having agreed to pay 85 when the time comes. Uh, we've, we've now spent 85 plus 10 in theory by the time we've done it. And then we sell it for 115, 120k, and there's a profit, something around 20,000 pounds in that assisted sale. So that works really, really well. And it works really well in London, in parts of London in particular, uh, where you get streets and streets and streets of tired Victorian. Edwardian villa type properties that were split into sort of quite ugly little bedsits and flats in the 1970s and 80s when building control was slightly different. Some of those flats, at the money that people want for them, maybe 250, 300 grand now in London, I'm talking London prices, um, they can't achieve those uh, sums because they're very untidy. So assisted sales in London is absolutely one strategy that you should pursue. Uh, we're doing it in Manchester. We love doing assisted sales because what happens is when you buy to flip, you have to finance the purchase. You have to find the deposit. You have to pay the stamp duty. You have to pay the legals. You have to do all of that stuff 
With an assisted sale, you don't have to finance the purchase. You don't need a deposit. You don't need any bridging finance. You don't need any of that. All you need is to finance the seven to 10 grand, and let's say it's that much, uh, in order to bring the property up to the correct cosmetic standard so that you can sell it. So the flip example that I gave you, we actually had to produce the 46,250 plus all the fees to get that over the line. We had to spend £50,000. If I was doing assisted sales at seven to £10,000 ago, I could do five or six of those for that same £50,000. Not just one deal, five or six of them. So it's a really cost-effective way of moving your property business forward. One of the things you have to source is assisted sales, which brings us on to number eight, portfolio building. What is portfolio building? Well, I'll tell you what I think portfolio building is. What I think it is, is putting together a number of properties for one investor. And here's the thing. In my experience, investors never just buy one deal. I very rarely work with an investor who's only bought one deal. If you do what you say you're going to do, if the investor gets good service, if you've got a good relationship, they will buy again and again. So we have investors that we put six, eight, ten deals together for. They're still holding them. They still talk to us. They're still working with us. So portfolio building is really, really important. It's a great source of new business for you, working with your existing investor clients. And it's very, very important that you don't just hit and run, which is why you have to go and view the properties that you place with the investor. You have to do your due diligence because you have to know that you're offering really great value and then the investor will work with you again and again and again. So that's number eight. And number nine is buy it yourself. I know. The first time I heard this, I thought, that's a bit weird. That's not a deal packaging strategy, buying it yourself. And I thought exactly the same as you did. However, I've done a complete U-turn on this. And now I believe that buying it ourselves as deal packages is absolutely a deal packaging strategy. Because here's the thing. We're all building our own legacy. We all want to build our own portfolios. That's why we came into property in the first place. And uh, deal packaging is a great cash flow strategy. But it also means that we source a lot of deals. Many, many deals come across our desk. And sometimes when you look at a deal, the numbers are so compelling the figures are so attractive that you have to have to act and buy it yourself and put it in your own portfolio. So I think it's a bit like being the owner of a sweetie shop. You know, when your favourite sweeties come in, do you keep one for yourself? I know I would. And that's the same principle here. So buying it yourself, I've done a complete 180 on this. So just to summarise... These are the deal packaging models that you can incorporate in your business. Number one, unqualified leads. Number two, qualified leads. Number three, finder's fee, a favourite sweet spot for me. Number four, pre-packaged deals. Number five, rent-to-rent -rent lease options. Number six, flips. 
Number seven, assisted sales. Number eight, portfolio building. And number nine, buy it yourself. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.